0: So this is a, um, an index which has been run by Transparency International globally for, for many years now. And it's a, it's a perceptions index that, that gauges uh, what are the perceptions of, of uh, uh, corruption within the public sector. And it ranks various countries, and you can sort of look at the score from year to year to see whether your country made any progress. It's, it's based upon perceptions, uh, uh, you know, from, from, from a, a variety of different sources.
1: Now, uh, please take us through, if you will, Karim, the findings of the index uh, for 2022 and whether you believe this paints a realistic picture of where we find ourselves as South Africa at the moment.
0: It is. Paints a picture in South Africa that we're not moving forward boldly in the fight against corruption. Uh, in, in terms of tracking this study, it says we, you know, we've gone down a little bit. But I think, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we're not have to quibble too much about the score. I mean, I think the, the the big shock would have been if somehow this index showed that we had a much better score. You know, that we had done really well. And I think this is the challenge that we're sitting with now: is that uh, corruption remains. Uh, one of the central issues in the country. Uh, we see initiatives here and there, but we haven't seen a major breakthrough. I think that any of us can say confidently that we've turned the corner in the fight against corruption or we're winning, winning the battle in the fight against corruption. So the index you know, shows that South Africa is basically standing still, if not regressing in some ways. We had a lot of disclosures over the course of the Zondo Commission. I think we've seen huge victories in the space of transparency and kind of understanding how state capture gripped the country and has gripped the country over, over, over a decade's period of time. The question is now, with some prosecutions coming, is where will the accountability flow from all of this? Um, so, you know, so much has been done, but so much still needs to be done in terms of us feeling like we're we getting to grips with the corruption issue.
1: Mm. So there's a lot of talk uh, about, you know, dealing with corruption uh, decisively. You mentioned the Zonda Commission as an example, uh, Karim. But if we look at uh, that average, the the, the average that South Africa has now had for um, 11 years in a row, basically at around 43. uh, So what can we deduce from that in terms of walking the talk, if you will, as a country?
0: That there has we haven't progressed on this issue. You know that 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 uh, uh, despite you know over two decades of democracy, we we, we have a functioning rule of law society with a constitution. But we, we, our our corruption challenges are getting worse. They're not getting any better, and that we're not going to see uh, uh, progress in, in, until we have a major sea change. Until we begin to actually overhaul the entire anti-corruption architecture whether it be you know implementing the national anti-corruption strategy putting together a, a dedicated anti-corruption agency with real law enforcement powers you know we need a, a, an enforcement regime which which can uh, uh, take us beyond where we are now right now we're in a very reactive space and even in terms of how we react we still don't see significant prosecutions we see some asset recovery we see some companies being blasted. Backlisted. So, you know, we need to feel like we're on the right course, that uh, um, that we're matching our action with our rhetoric, that the policy is correct, that the law reforms correct, that we, we're creating a safe environment for whistleblowers. Until we can begin to say, you know, speak positively on any of those issues, we're going to have this feeling that we're stagnating and we're not progressing.
1: And then, Karim, when it comes to whistleblowers, uh, also very importantly highlighted in this report, uh, just how extremely dangerous uh, the situation still is for whistleblowers around exposing corruption. Can we just talk about that? And and, and what is the solution? Uh, Because people, unfortunately, when they do blow the whistle, find themselves worse off more often than not.
0: We need, we need enhanced legal protection for whistleblowers. absolutely. The whistle, at the moment, it's a disincentive for people to come forward and to blow the whistle because they get victimized, they lose their jobs, they get placed under uh, psychosocial pressure. They, they get placed under physical, physical uh, the, the, their safety gets put into question. So we need an enhanced regime which actually protects whistleblowers. We need a dedicated fund that can that can support whistleblowers financially we need we need a, a space within government that can be trusted that whistleblowers can go to with complaints of corruption knowing that they will be protected that they won't that, that, that their identities if if, if need be uh, are, are not revealed that they're given physical physical protection um, and, and until those things happen then it it remains a very very vulnerable space For whistleblowers, so we need to uh, enhance funding for whistle whistleblower protection, uh, uh, including witness protection. Um, So you know there are a real range of measures that we've been speaking about as a country for years, even. Ideas around incentivizing whistleblowing, allowing whistleblowers to regain some of the civil recoveries that come from uh, uh, getting money, stolen money back from from you know dodgy suppliers. Mm. So you know it, 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 it's a holistic set of set of uh, I mean a, a range of different initiatives that need to be considered.
1: So why aren't we considering them, you know, uh, uh, at this point? And given what we have witnessed in South Africa, uh, Babita Diokaran is perhaps uh, the most famous example of someone who was assassinated as a result of blowing the whistle most recently. So why aren't we more proactive as a country in making sure that we take care, better care of and also incentivize whistleblowing, Kara?
0: Again, Sakina, these things have been spoken about for a long time. If you look at President uh, Ramaphosa's testimony at the end of the Zonder Commission, he waxes lyrical about how the fact we could not have had this commission if it wasn't for the input of whistleblowers. Uh, you know, we've amended the Protected Disclosures Act. If you look at the president's response to the Zonda Commission, it says the Department of Justice is, you know, looking at the law reform issues. So. You know, it, it's not that people aren't dealing with it. It's just, you know, it's, where's the impetus? You know, where's the leadership, particularly from government, to say we're in front of these issues, we hear you, we understand that the, the, the deck is stacked against whistleblowers, and we want to effectively fight corruption. This is what we're doing. You know, so so uh, the proposals are there. It's really for you know uh, our leadership, you know, particularly you know as we end, end this parliament and we go into elections next year to show us that they're that, that, that they're really willing to put the right systems in place, whether it be through legislation, whether it be through through financial uh, budgetary allocations.
1: Karim Singh, thanks for your time. Executive Director at Corruption Watch, Karim Singh, speaking to us there about uh, the uh, latest uh, CPI uh, Corruption Perception Index report uh, For that was released for 2022 and uh, still painting a rather discouraging picture for South Africa as the country, country actually slipped one point but has remained rather constant overall uh, for the past 11 years.